Once again, it's the usual suspects back on a Tuesday. It's Super Sports on the clock, but I'm actually thinking of changing the name to Proof of Concept. But let's prove that concept. It is, of course, me again, Mzama Molloy, with uh, my super panelist, Joe Maloleka. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, myself, Mzama. Good to be here. Chelsea are champions. Well, but yeah, we'll talk about that anyway. Oh. Well done to them. Johan, you, uh, you corrected me last week about uh, not worrying about the Blitzbox. Thank you for that. Oh, only a pleasure. Peter? How's it going? Good, matey. Yeah? Good. IPL? What did I correct you on last week? How <laughs> <laughs> about Leeds, eh? Leeds. How's it going with Leeds? Nothing to correct with Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's jump into that, uh, into the Blitz box. Amazing weekend out in Paris. Speckman getting away. Rothko Speckman! Speckman puts it on the toe. He's brought down. They're still coming through here. South Africa try! This is what you call... The perfect weekend in Paris. Gold medal winners. And now crown the best sevens team in the world, South Africa. That bunch of players standing over there. Uh, I must say I will go to war any day with them. So a uh, bunch of them champions and they really deserve this. I think everything that comes the way they deserve it. They work really hard and they play for one another. Really a band of brotherhood. Jan, amazing season by the Blitzbox. Eight finals, eight tournament, eight finals from nine tournaments. That is one five, amazing strike rate. Yeah, no, it was a wonderful season. It's, uh, yeah, I think uh, the stats read forty five games played uh, and only eight lost. In, in uh, yeah, for a team to be that consistent throughout a season takes a lot of uh, hard work and preparation. So well done to Neil and the team. Um, of course, they set up down in Stellenbosch is the envy of, of mm-hmm. the South African and the Sevens world. Yeah. Um, and, and it's starting to show. It's starting to show that if, when they put in the hard work and they've they got a comfortable, stable environment, um, these type of results, uh, I don't think it's a once-off thing. I yeah. think we, we can expect the same sort of challenge next year. Mm. Uh, and then we can only hope, as long as the, the players stay fit, we don't want to continue losing yeah. players to, to either 15s or or to injury, but the system seems to be able to replace them, mm. um, given that it's uh, within reasonable uh, limits. Yeah, no, Philip Osteen was talking about this is a band of brothers. Already you've got, you've got two Blitzbox in the Paris Dream Team. They're going to London, probably going to win it. Probably. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, 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 maybe England. Okay, fine. But here's my, here's my question, though. So they've won the World Series. They've won the World Series this year. Next year, there's... Next year, there's the World Cup out in San Francisco. But the, the thing we're always talking about, or well, since it's become an Olympic sport, is, is the Olympics, that Olympic gold medal, 2020. Is it a bit too late in terms of... Is it too late, though? Because I'm thinking that that's, what, that's the thing that I'm thinking for me. Is it, are we able to sustain this all the way through, or should we forget about thinking about the Olympics, or just say, okay, we're gonna, we've got to just play each year as it comes? No, I think it's obviously in the back of their minds. I don't mm-hmm. think the preparations are specifically focused at this stage okay. for the Olympics. Um, but um, in terms of, of the setup they have and, and the structures they have in place, that, that's geared towards Olympics as well. Uh, they do want to have the best possible team available to them mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Um, but that same structure and that same system can, in the meantime, also give results on the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the World Cup. That's a little diminished nowadays, mm-hmm. Olympic inclusion. Um, but as always, we'll have a chance there as well. Mm. 
Yeah. It would be nice, though, wouldn't it, if they did get it last year? Because, I mean, last year they got so close in many finals and, and people mm. were saying perhaps it was a choke here and a choke there, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, they stumbled in the in the semifinals of the Olympics as well. And now the year after the Olympics is always a bit of a downer for a lot of teams, maybe some of them, you know, doing a little bit of Hangover. chopping and changing, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, great we won it this year. But as you saying, we need to build up and we need to, like, do it when it really counts, mm, i.e. Mm, the Olympics, mm, mm. not the year after the Olympics. <laughs> Now, of course, uh, London 7s on Supersport 2 on Saturday and Supersport 1 on Sunday. But uh, speaking about a bunch of winners. Aspilicueta and Bakshiwai! They're eight minutes away! Michi Bakshiwai! Brightens a grey evening and takes Conte to the cusp! All hands! The Chelsea champions, Conte's blue blood kings of England. In the end, the best team won it and won it comfortably. Joe, yeah. from 10th place last season to winning the league with two games to spare. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's almost unheard of, but I mean... Yeah, look, I think uh, they, they've done really well. I mean, it's uh, from, from the previous season. I must say congratulations to them. Yeah. Pity they played on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> sitting in the bar drinking. Probably won't even remember how it, how it happened. But well done to them. Uh, for me, just a little bit of a side issue. I mean, the greatest spectacle for me was uh, on Sunday at White Hart Lane. You know, yeah. closing off that stadium after 118 yeah. years. Yeah. You know, that's what stands out in, in mind if you're watching TV or Supersport. Mm. That's what you remember. But Chelsea... Came back again on Monday, yeah. you know, against Watford, 4-3. Great, Great result for them also. And with that result, obviously, they matched their record with Jose Mourinho when they won the title mm. uh, in two, two, I mean, 2004 and five, Shots. and 2005 and 2006, winning 29 games in a season. Mm. So if they win their last game against Sunderland, that's a new record for them. You no know, English uh, team has ever done it, you know, winning 30 games in a season. So they've got something to, to play for. So Even the Invincibles didn't do it. Listen, even us, not even us, <laughs> not even us, not even do that. So Chelsea have got something to uh, to to play for. And again, another side uh, issue for me. Uh, I think Italy has defended the Premier League title. If you want to put it that yep, way, that's you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> won it with Leicester, and then now you know you've yeah. got Antonio Conte. So it's it's great. I think probably. A lot of teams will be saying, "What's happening in Italy?" Yeah, let's go I check mean, there. You know, if you, you want to win the Premier League. You know, what's interesting yeah. is that if you actually counted, minus his Italy stint. He's actually won four consecutive league trophies. Yeah. Three with three with Juventus, one with Chelsea. Conte, unbelievable. There, there, there's a thought that could he go on to do it again? I mean, thing is, Chelsea this season characterized by finding ways to win, like you were saying that Fabregas goal last night, yeah. finding ways to win. But I have an issue with Chelsea. Yeah. It seems that <laughs> Chelsea job security isn't necessarily. It's, it's, it's you're not you're not safe there. Let, 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 me, let me try and justify this. Since 2004, right? Jose Mourinho, Avram Grant, Luis Philippe Scolari, Gus Hiddink, Carlo Ancelotti, Andre Villas-Boas, Roberto Mateo, Rafa Benitez, Mourinho again, Gus Hiddink again as interim manager, and Antonio Conte. Of all those guys who didn't win a league, something, it was Grant, Scolari, and Villas-Boas. Everyone else yeah. won something for Chelsea, but they were still either let go or fired. Yeah, look, it's, uh, if, if the manager, if the club boss doesn't like you, I mean, it's, uh, if you don't get along with him, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, there's, there's a problem. But I think uh, you have to give it, it it's, it's tough, yeah. uh, you know, working for Chelsea. They've got the money, you know, they, they've got the demands yeah. to say, you know, I'll give you money to buy the players, you must win something. 
and also you have to understand, you know, the the culture of, of the mm. club. But I think, uh, you know, with, with Conte, there's already, there's already talk, mm. you know, uh, other clubs, Italy, yeah. uh, will he go back, yeah. uh, you know, Inter Milan, you know, they don't have a manager, will he go there, mm. uh, will he stay uh, to, you know, campaign in the Champions League? I think the biggest challenge for me, I want to see him stay at Chelsea, yeah. see how he does playing in the Premier League and in the, in the Champions League. Because remember, last season they yeah. didn't have the distraction of the Champions exactly. League. So maybe that's the reason why they played as well as they did. So come mm. next season, how well are they going to do? So Maybe that's something for Manchester United to look forward to. Next year. <laughs> look, United, uh, Europa League, they win the Europa League, as you say, yeah. prioritize the Europa League, and then there's Champions League also for United. Yeah, but, but if they don't win the Europa League, there's nothing for United because I don't yeah. think they're going to finish in the top five, never mind the top Maybe six. Maybe they three. can ship Mourinho back to Chelsea. <laughs> Interesting side note. Not Carlo Ancelotti speaking the other day says, Conti didn't perform a miracle or anything, but he did do very well. This is the same guy who won a league title playing the Champions League, a league title and the FA Cup. So there's a bit of a, another Italian who could do the league and cup double. Yeah, he can. Give him credit also in the way he managed the players. Mm. You know, uh, you know there were issues with the players, you know, uh, Diego Costa, you know, he's sulking China. all the time, fighting with the referees. Yeah. He got him to get his mind right, mm. focus on the game, channel your energy on what you're supposed to be doing. And he managed to get him that. You know, he also bought well. I mean, mm. look at, uh, you know, Ngolo Kante, you know. Luis. <laughs> You know, Luis also, there's, there's another one. Get the players who will do their job for you. So he was able to do that. Going to the Champions League, reinforce here and there. Make sure that you, you've got all the players that you need and then they'll do the job for you. All right, guys, uh, before we head off, we leave the, the Chelsea speak. Give me a top four. How's it going to finish? Uh, top four, obviously, uh, Spurs already already confirmed. I think they, they will finish second. And then you've got your Liverpool probably third. And then it's going to be, you know, the bone is going to be, you know, Man City will be fighting for the bone with Arsenal. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see Arsenal finishing the top four, going to the Champions League. Maybe, oh, I, I think for me, I, I do have a soft spot for Arsenal. I think, see Arsenal win the Champions League and the Premier League, then Wenger can go. Okay, okay. you <laughs> have no arguments on my side. But, uh, just another four for Arsenal, just another year. <laughs> Could be a top four. Is it? Maybe they should uh, have a trophy for the top four. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. So, Johan, who's going to finish between behind uh, behind Chelsea and Tottenham then for you? Oh, well, I don't know if it's going to be the Bulls or the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> Look, United are there. United are guaranteed sixth. Eh? Stuck on sixth gear. <laughs> That's good for them. Peter? Yeah. Chelsea, Spurs, Manchester City, and then Liverpool, a little bit worried. Uh, they've got the one game left to go, uh, but uh, and Arsenal, of course, have got the game in hand. Mm. But I think that the, on paper, the, the tough one for Liverpool was West Ham on the weekend, which they dealt with superbly. Now, they're at home to Middlesbrough, who are already down, and um, they need to probably win that as well. So they should do. But it's one of those games where sometimes a little uh, hiccup comes along. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I think City definitely, and then it's between Arsenal and Liverpool for fourth. Okay, cool. So uh, coming back to South Africa, I'm, I'm hesitant to speak about the absolute premiership because mm. by the time this comes out, it might have already been decided. So I'm going I'm to pause on that. Yeah. Net Bank Up has been an exceptionally long season for Orlando Pirates fans. It's just, it, it, just, it just feels like it's been going on forever. Yeah, and they might not even make it into the top eight. Yeah. Then it makes it even longer. Yeah. But at least they've got the net bank up, uh, you know, to worry about, mm -hmm. you know. If they beat uh, Golden Arrows, away, it's going to be tough for them. Arrows have been really impressive this season. You have to give it to, uh, you know, Clinton Larson has really done well with that team, you know, getting it to play as well as he wants it to. If Paris doesn't win that game, the season is over because there's nothing else left for, mm -hmm. for, for them to, to fight for. So, you know, you hope that they do well, but 
anyone who wins that they deserve to go into the final. And then the other one, Chipa United, Super Sports yeah. United. There's another semi-final to look out for. Chipa, for for me, things have just fallen apart for Chipa United. United. You know, I don't know what happened. You know, changing managers, this and that. That's a distraction that they really didn't need mm. at this time of, of of the season. So I think Super Sports United will fancy themselves to make it through to the final and maybe a nice uh, send-off for Stuart Baxter going to Bafana. But then it means if they make it to the final, it prolongs his stay at Supersport United. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking about long uh, seasons, I mean, what, the final's on the 24th of June or something? 24th so. of June, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> so I don't know what the guys are going to be doing between the middle of May and between this week and the final. It's a month. It's a, it's a very interesting decision that they've taken there. Hmm. Now, uh, obviously, Supersport 4, home of Superdisky, swanking at Disky. Just yeah. a, a little bit of a, of, of a note, Joe, something I saw last night, which is a bit worrying. Tanda Royal Zulu potentially considering selling their status? <laughs> Look, I wouldn't uh, put it uh, past them. Uh, it, ha- it has happened uh, previously, you know, you saw Black Aces. Yeah. They sold to uh, Cape Town City and then we've got a team that is now you know, competing for the APSA Premiership title, that's mm. Cape Town City, mm. having bought uh, um, Black Aces. For me, it, it's, it's disturbing. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you promote a team and then you sell. It's like, just go to a, a flea market. Yeah. You know, you're not in the business of football, you know. If you want to play football, stay there. I mean, look at, we're talking about White Hartland that's been there for 118 mm. years, mm. you know. Uh, down the line, are you going to say, yeah, I, I had Tanda Royal Zulu and then I changed to Free State Stars, I changed to that. It has to stop at some mm. point. You know, you cannot uh, keep doing this uh, over and over again. If they do that, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, we're jumping into MotoGP. MotoGP heads to France, Peter. Three different winners. Three different winners so far out of, uh, <laughs> out, of, out of four races so far. But the guy who's on top of the standings hasn't even won a race. Valentino Rossi has finished third, second and second and tenth in Jerez the last time they, they, they raced. Yeah, I mean, the, the doctor, you know, we all know his pedigree has been absolutely fantastic. And uh, consistency is sometimes a good thing, you know, not necessarily have to get the wins. But uh, as you say, it's, uh, it's the, uh, the Spaniards as well who are doing so well at the moment. Uh, Valentino Rossi, obviously, on 62 points. And then uh, Maverick Vinales, who's been superb. He's been yeah. uh, a revelation, actually, uh, as, as Rossi's teammate. And, they, you know, it's very close there. Just two points separating the two guys. And then we've got uh, the likes of Marquez and Pedroza as well. So the Spaniards, and you mentioned Jerez last week. And, of course, it was uh, the all-Spaniard uh, podium yeah. there, uh, which made it very interesting indeed. So some of the big names. Jorge Lorenzo, there's another Spaniard. And he yeah. hasn't uh, really uh, featured since this moving year, to Ducati. Since, since moving to Ducati. So, um, yeah, who knows? Perhaps uh, we've got something down the line for him. Uh, and also maybe a victory for the doctor as well. We're in France, of course, this weekend. So it uh, should be interesting times in, in, in the MotoGP, that's for sure. But where, where are the young stars? I mean, uh, the good dog, he's a grandfather he's of MotoGP. I mean, he's been there for as long as I can yeah, remember. I mean, 38. Uh, sure, I mean, where are the young stars? Uh, sure, we should see, start seeing the young stars. I think we should get you a hand on a bike. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't see that happen. Although when it comes to 38, remember Victor Matfield was a Springbok captain at 38. So yeah, so no, the old men give him a chance. 38, 38's a good age. <laughs> fine wine, fine wine. Speaking of speaking of youngsters, 2017 FIFA Under 20 World Cup, the 21st edition. We've got Zambia, South Africa, Senegal, and Guinea representing the mother continent. 
Joe, only one African team has won this competition out of 21, Ghana in 2009. At least the last two editions, you've seen Ghana and Mali finish third. Should we be excited? Should, is there a sense of optimism going into this one or should yeah. we just... Yeah, I, th I think uh, I think we should, uh, especially you know the Zambia team, mm. uh, Guinea also, uh, and and South Africa as well. But I think uh, you, you, I understand why you're asking. Should we be optimistic? Because you know you go to junior tournaments, who mm. dominates? Nigeria dominates. Ghana dominates. They're not there the Yeah, when it comes to the World Cup, well, because now they can properly check. Yeah. is this guy nineteen? <laughs> you see, then then there's then there's issues there. You yeah. see, so I, I think we should be. Uh, first game for Guinea against Korea. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough one for them. That's, uh, I think, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday, you've got uh, Zambia against Portugal. I'm looking forward to, to that. That should be yeah. an exciting game to, to look out for. And then, of course, uh, South Africa also. They're going to be playing uh, Japan. Japan. You know, uh, uh, so that's another one that should be uh, exciting to look out for. The reason I say that, they play Costa Rica. Yes. Uh, yesterday. It was 2-1. 2-1. Yeah, yeah. They beat them 2-1. Uh, yeah, it's a friendly match, yes. but at least it gives them an indication mm -hmm. to say, mm -hmm. what can we... Coming from behind. Yeah, coming from behind. And I think uh, the challenge moving out of this under-20 tournament, you need to see a lot of these guys moving into the senior national mm -hmm. teams. And a lot of them, uh, I mean, you, you look at Zambia, a lot of those guys, they, they're keeping them together. South Africa, they're keeping them together, which, which is great. So if they move forward, then I think uh, 2018, at least see about... Even if it's about five of those youngsters into the national team, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Now, this competition has given us so many great stars. It's, this is where Maradona came to the floor, to the floor. Pablo Aymar. Remember pa Pablo Aymar? Yeah, yeah. Pablo Aymar. Yeah. <laughs> Lionel Messi, John Obi Mikel, Danny Alves, Sergio yeah. Guerrero. The list goes on and on and on. So I, I'm hoping this is an opportunity for, for African players to actually step up and actually saying, this is us, this is what we can do, and actually see it translate into something into something bigger but for me i think the easiest group for if you want to call it that is that uh, group f senegal they've got uh, ecuador the yeah. usa and saudi arabia they should be looking to go farther in this, in this they, competition they, they should remember it's, it's a junior tournament uh, yeah. anything 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 can happen yeah. i think uh, uh no group is an is an easy group i think whoever copes well with the weather conditions because it, it's extremely cold now uh, in, in the east this, this time of the year. So if they can be able to acclimatize, if they can be able to, you know, win your first game and then you, you can be able to move through. Hmm. Now, uh, speaking of acclimatizing of wet to weather, it was raining in Loftus last weekend. It wasn't raining tries, but it was raining nonetheless. Uh, last week, uh, Johan, the Bulls lost again. Yeah, what does it say about the Bulls? They are in dire straits. Uh, it was raining red cards in that match as well. Yeah. It was uh, Loftus being a haunted house. You know, it's uh, no no people there. Such a it's, it was depressing. It's uh, as a as a Bulls supporter myself, or growing up as one, you know, to see from from where they were just a couple of years, three-time champions on top of the world, seemingly unstoppable to to the depths that they have. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not good to see, and there's some serious moves that have to be made, you know, from boardroom level off mm. downwards. Um, there, there was some talk after the match, uh, some press releases coming around saying they are looking at turnaround strategies, but mm. you know, that's gonna they're gonna have to get a very big broom to to clean up that house. Now they must slot a bull to dance. Ah, uh, no, come on. On the spot there, maybe. You had? This is what Nolis Maria had to say after that match. Yeah, I know, obviously. I think in the first half, yeah, we had one or two opportunities for the converting into seven points instead of three. And then at the end, you know, you think you're 17 10 in for five minutes and uh, you get a red card. And um, 
unfortunately lose the game in the last two minutes. And uh, yeah, just get great character from the guys. You know, obviously the results not there is very disappointing. But you guys, I said to the guys as well, you got two choices. One is you sit in a corner, let everybody kick you, or get out and fight. And I think they did exactly that. Uh, youngest Super Rugby side we've ever put onto the field. No excuses. Three guys that make debuts, but I think you know they came out and played. Johan, I was following you on Twitter uh, on the day of the match. Never do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the moment that red card came in, you said something very interesting. Uh, you posted something. Yes, uh, what, what I said, it's uh, one shoulder charge. It could cost the coach his job. You mm. know, it's not just losing the match, which was yeah. obviously going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you just have that feeling. It was, it was utter stupidity. Mm -hmm. it is, uh, you know, it's... If, if it was me, I would give, as the Bulls, I'll give him another two-week ban just to... Mm. Um, yet somehow, uh, all the feedback we got from Loftus is that the, the reaction wasn't that bad from the coach's side. As we heard in that clip, it's uh, it's almost a sort of detachment from reality, mm. you know. When, when you when you lose through sh utter stupidity like that, it, it was not only the, the shoulder charge, they turned down points right in front, yeah. and, you know, they kept on playing a game plan that wasn't going anywhere, they weren't making any gaining with it. Um, and then to come off the field and say they show character, and that's all you can say, you know. It's, at, at some point you have to sit down and say, okay, we, we're not good enough, we weren't good enough, that wasn't good enough. And, and unless you're honest with yourself, you can't turn anything around. Hmm. Now they're heading into the Lions' den, the ball coming to the Lions' den. Is there any chance of a potential turnaround? It's a local derby, well, sometimes players G themselves up for playing the guy next door. Yeah, well, let's try and try and be positive from a Bulls side. Yeah. Number, number one, it's a local derby, yeah. so that normally tends to level things out a mm -hmm. little. And number two, they also a high felt team, so the, the Lions won't have that altitude advantage over there. And they just came back from Australia. And they came back from Australia. Having said that, momentum's all with the Lions, exactly. and the Bulls are really down on themselves, even if it, even if they say they aren't, mm -hmm. uh, they have no choice to be. Uh, so, of course, Lions are very much the favourites. Um, but yeah, let's let's hope for a good match. Uh, I tell yeah. you what, last year I, I remember watching I go that game live at Loftus, and there was one of the best Lions performances of the season. They absolutely decimated the Bulls. Mm. They, they do tend uh, to keep the, the best performances. <laughs> the same thing happened. And, the year um, the year before the Curry Cup, if they're, they're anywhere, also, yeah. if they're anywhere near like that level on Saturday, there's only going to be one winner, that's for sure. But as well, you say, they're back from the team. Yeah. <laughs> Stick him on the wing, why yeah. not? Yeah. Well, should be banned. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's, that should be laws against that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Lions do. They they weren't they at their attacking best in yeah. Australia. Um, they showed a lot of... They, they were they the team character. that showed character. Yeah. They just tackled their way uh, and, and it, it didn't bother them at all. But that's not the way you can go forward the season. You're not mm -hmm. going to win any trophy playing only defensive rugby. So they would want to step it up uh, attacking-wise. But we know they're capable of it. Let's see if they do it this Saturday. Before we jump on the Kings. I'm coming about the Kings. I'm coming. I'm coming. So excited about the Kings. <laughs> Kings, the Sharks, the Sharks lost. It was a crazy match. I'm, I'm, it was, was hard for me to, to imagine the Kings doing that this early in the competition. Johan, you'd said to me two weeks ago that you were, you were predicting the Kings to unseat a South African team in this competition. Yes, I was saying so pre-season, and, and my reasons were clear. Uh, it's the first season that they mm. had a settled squad, a settled coaching team, and, and a proper off-season to, to do preparation. So for once, they were on equal footing, and a very talented coaching setup they have there. And uh, if only they could get the players to come through and bring bring that enthusiasm and that hunger through. Yeah. And that's what we saw on Saturday. Once once they got that going, I don't think it was a bad game by the Sharks at all. I just mm. think that they got out-enthused by the, by the Kings, and that's wonderful in front of a sizable crowd. Exactly. NPE, that's... 
And that was the perfect antidote to it the was. depressing stuff that we saw in the match <laughs> earlier from Loftus. Uh, it, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a boost for rugby in the region. Mm-hmm. It's a boost for rugby in the country. It's a feel-good story. We need one. We need all the feel-good stories we can get. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, it makes that, uh, the decision even tougher as well. Sure. Who are the two who are going to get dropped? <laughs> because there's going to be some very interesting boardroom maneuvers that are going yeah. to have to be made. I think the teachers are probably going to be definitely one. But I'll tell you what, the, this resurgence mm. from the Kings, Kings and all sort of from since behind the scenes, that got sorted out as well mm. with uh, a certain person who's been involved there. Uh, no longer being involved. It also seems to have coincided with the turnaround in yeah. fortunes as well on the field. So uh, either, either throw a coin or just get the fans to be involved. To oh, say, you know, I've got a better suggestion. Just, okay. just uh, combine the Bulls and the Kings. So you have the Bulls players and the Kings coaching and there you go. Done. And then what, what, what name now? Play Kings the, Bulls or Bulls Kings? What do you call them? The Kings Bulls. Where do they play? <laughs> I like that. Just, oh, kings, eh? just Bings. <laughs> Looking into this weekend, yeah, and we've got the Chiefs against the Crusaders, unbeaten uh, seven-time champions, and we've also got the Stormers against the Blues, looking to come back after a horrible time in New Zealand. Yeah, no, it's, uh, f- that first match is absolutely vital for, for the overall tournament standing, so it's, it's, at this stage it looks like a two-horse race between the Crusaders and the Lions for the top spot. Uh, top spot being very vital because it means home final, and as we saw last year, that you know it, it, it's an absolute deal-breaker if you, if you can't play at home. Um, they've got a tough draw, the Crusaders. They just finished up with the Hurricanes in a very tough match. Now they're away to the Chiefs. Um, that New Zealand conference is not easy at all. Yet somehow the Crusaders keep on getting the wins. Uh, it's, this one is another crucial one for them because if they were to drop only two games, the Lions have an easy run here. Yeah. You know, that two games could be too, too, too many already. So, uh, yeah, that's, that should be an interesting, interesting one. interesting as well the way the Crusaders have gone, Jan, because normally we get used to them. They start off very slowly. They often lose two or three games yeah. and then they get into and it. And start building momentum. Now it's, what, 10, 10 out of 10. So I wonder this if we might Keir get, Reed. at the end of the season, we might get a, a dip in form. Yeah, well, we can only hope, can't we? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a different coaching team. Uh, uh, that, that would mean probably different preparation in the preseason, making, you know, we've got to hit the floor running there. Yeah. Um, but at this stage, they look just simply untouchable. It's uh, This last one of theirs over the Hurricanes was almost no attacking rugby, but just the set pieces up front and the defence was so solid that it's very difficult to see anyone getting a, getting a chance past them. OK, we're going to try and land this one. Quick fire question, gentlemen. Everyone has to answer. OK, this is how we landed. Quick fire questions, gentlemen. When is enough enough? Should Pat Lambie, after another concussion, stop or should the Sharks step in? Yeah, look, I mean, it's uh, unfortunately, you know, injuries are part of the game and so you feel sorry for the guy. I mean, it's, I think, so many injuries sometimes you have to say as a player, maybe it's time to say cheers or see what the doctors say, really. I mean, if they say there's a chance for you, you can still get involved in the game at, at other levels. But if playing is not for him now, maybe you should stop. Hmm. Um, I've got to agree with Joe. It's concussion and concussion has serious repercussions in the long term. And if it happens over time and time again, it's time for Pat to make that choice himself. Um, I'm sure he can get medical opinion either way, as can the Sharks. Um, but to be honest, we all know what the long-term effects is of, of repeated yeah. concussions. And, and Pat should take that responsibility for his own long-term health on his half. Two big blows, as you say, that he's had. And he's had injuries just all over his body over the last couple of years. It really has. Whenever he's uh, had an extended run with any side, he's been injured. So it's a big problem. Don't think he's finished, but uh, it's another tough one for him. Is this the greatest Lions team ever? 
I tell you what, the, the mid-90s generation, led by Francois Pina, the 95 World Cup captain, he might have something to say about that because he led, of course, the Lions to the inaugural so-called Super Rugby title, as it was back in the day then, over the Queens and the Reds. They, they had domestic success as well. Whether they were as exciting, vibrant as this side, I think there's no doubt that this one, this current generation, is much better from that point of view. But uh, who knows? If they had to play each other, it might be a tight game. Last question. If this past week in Super Rugby was an episode of Survivor, who would you be voting off, gents? Um, I think the, the Bulls pretty much voted themselves out of this way. In the rain there, in the pouring rain, the flames got extinguished yeah. for them. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not voting. You're not voting. <laughs> you're abstaining. Yeah, you've got to put the boot into the Aussies whenever you get the opportunity. The Melbourne Rebels, they've got to go, I'm afraid. Jeez, you're right, Pete. Let them go, yeah. The tribe has spoken. Having said that, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Supersport International and its partners. In fact, we make no representations as to the accuracy or validity of any of the information presented by the panel or the host. And yes, I may have plagiarized portions of that statement. That's how we landed, gentlemen. Thank you. See you next week.